Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. You guys are so sweet. Thank you, Dustin. I was sitting in worship and I kept hearing the Lord say, orchestra, that actually from the beginning of today until the end, he has been orchestrating like, um, I don't even know who the guy is that stands up and does like this with the music. Conductor, that's it. Um, He has been conducting um, a beautiful orchestra all morning long from the start to the finish. And so if worship, if you were in worship and you were like, oh my goodness, God, you're stirring something or you're revealing something and it's almost that sense of like, no, no, don't, don't let it go away. I'm trying to hold on to what you're doing. He says, don't worry, the crescendo is coming, that he is conducting something beautiful today and you are going to leave here free. So I'm excited for today. I'm excited about the opportunity to be able to speak with you guys. If I have never met you before, my name is Natalie. I am the family life pastor here. I've been on staff for a few years and I'm telling you, I would not want to be anywhere else. And I do not say that flippantly at all. Um, from the smallest of the tasks that I do, the grunt work, the kind that, you know, you, you clean the toilet kind of grunt work, to the most beautiful things and the fun things, like getting to do this with you, everything in between, it is truly an honor to be a part of this place, going in a direction that we're going, because God is on the move, and He is doing something. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So today, um, as we jump in, I wanted to tell you a little bit, of, a little story. I was thinking and getting ready for today, and I heard the Lord say, show and tell. And he reminded me, okay, I'm going to date myself just a little bit. Who in here, when you were in elementary school, did show and tell? Okay. So you don't have to be my age, okay? Um, like your younger people do that too. So it was one of my favorite activities to do other than recess, I loved recess. Um, I just like to talk to people. So uh, anything involving talking, I think I enjoyed as a kid and still to this day. But um, so show and tell was an opportunity that you would get chosen by the teacher, maybe like once a semester, to stand in front of the classroom and to bring your special item from home and show and tell it to your classmates. So some people would bring their stuff like from, they went to Disney or, you know, they went to some extravagant like vacation and you're just like sitting at your little desk like, I just one day want to go to Disney. And so, but it, or they would bring like their favorite stuffed animal. It was something that represented them or me as I brought my show and tell. I don't know if my parents remember this or not, but every time I did show and tell, I brought rocks every time. I loved rocks. Um, I, I, <laughs> Dana's my fellow rock lover. Um, whenever I was a kid, um, we would, I lived in Arkansas and we would go to Hot Springs, Arcan, we would go to Hot Springs, Arkansas to the lake over the summer. If you have ever lived in Arkansas or Tennessee, maybe Missouri, you have seen rock shops. I don't know if anyone has seen rock shops on the side of the road. 
There was something, that rock shop called out my name every time we drove by. And it was like, I can remember, if I close my eyes, I remember it like it was yesterday, right where it was. And I would ask my mom and dad to pull over and the rocks were just, I mean, like little rocks, big rocks. I'm sure it was colored glass and they called it rocks. I'm sure it wasn't actually rocks, but for me as a kid, it was rocks. So I would have this little box of rocks <laughs> that I would bring for my show and tell. And I did it all the time. And it would have it like labeled underneath what rock it was supposed to be. But it was like something so special to me. And honestly, I didn't really care if anyone else loved it. It was just like, oh, I gotta show you these rocks. This is gonna change your life. These rocks, gonna change your life. Um, I used to say that about a coffee pot that I had too. But anyway, uh, if anyone are friends from like way back in the day, I used to say, this is gonna change your life. You need to drink this coffee. Um, so, but the show and tell, the box of rocks, I was so passionate about that. What I sense God's saying today is He's saying, I am so passionate about who I am as a father that I want to show you and tell you something that's gonna change your life. Because I think what um, the idea is, is we receive this show and tell from our Father, and then we show and tell the world around us. So we've got family on mission, advancing the kingdom. In order to do that, it's showing who God is and telling of the good news. So today, as we jump in, I want you to listen with your spirit. I want you to listen to, to let God speak something to you because He's saying, I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna change your life. So as we, um, I wanna camp out in Hebrews today, Hebrews 4, um, and, but before we jump into that, I wanna give you a little bit of background because I think Hebrews 4, all of Hebrews, but it, it's really depicting a group of people that are similar to us. So the writer of Hebrews is talking to the Hebrew people, but the Hebrew people, you have to realize where they were in life. So they were, um, and struggling. They were struggling because they were being persecuted. But oftentimes when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, well, that was because it was before Jesus came on the scene. And so of course they were struggling. Nope, not this time. It was 30 years after the crucifixion. So they had seen Jesus. Some of these people probably ran into him. The Israelites, part of the Hebrew people, they actually were the ones that wandered around in the wilderness and then he ended up shown in the promised land. Like they have history with the Lord, but the, but the Hebrews were like down and out. They were struggling with unbelief. And if you read Hebrews, you see that word a lot, unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. And I think many of us struggle with the same thing. We have seen God move. We know that He is real. We have access to everything that He has paid for, but yet we still struggle with unbelief. So the Hebrew people, I think, are a lot like us. So the writer of Hebrews, as we're going through this, he is like encouraging them like a cheerleader. Come on, you can do it. Like, don't forget, don't have unbelief. Let me remind you who He is, who your Father is. So today, as you're listening, um, I want you to listen with those ears. So let's read Hebrews 4, 9 through 12 together. It says, There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters that rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one 
will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. I wanna go back and reread this, but I want to, some of these words, I wanna insert the meaning. Because when I first read this, I thought, well, ooh, that's a little judgy. Like, that kind of like makes me feel like I gotta kick into this performance thing or like disobedience, that feels a little harsh. And so let me go back and I'm just gonna read this again, but with some meaning that you're gonna understand. Therefore remains a Sabbath rest. Christ is Sabbath. Christ is rest. And, it, and we have the availability to rest in him for anyone who enters God's rest, habitation, abiding, a place that we can reside, also rests from their work. Side point, soapbox. Oftentimes we just try to rest from our work and we're frustrated that God is not giving us rest. But he is saying, come to me, I am rest, I am habitation, habitate in me, and out of that habitation, I will actually give you the rest that you need from your work. And in that, you will have the opportunity to take a break because that's my design. But let's not get it flipped around. Soapbox, done. Okay, um, so it says you will not perish. Um, oh, let's see, verse 11. Let us therefore make every effort. Let's be diligent. So I read that at first with like a performance mindset, but it's like, be diligent, be fervent, be, be tenacious about it to enter the rest that he's already provided. And then it says, so you will not perish by following their example of unbelief. This word disobedience underneath that, the driving force is unbelief. Don't be sidetracked by unbelief. So here's where we're gonna camp out today in verse 12. Let's read that again. And I wanna read it very slow and then we're going to come back and pick it apart. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges, but it also says it discerns the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Today, I think some of us in here are a little bit tangled up internally. I think that we feel like we've got this, like it's a mess on the inside. Our thoughts are scattered. Our belief systems are wavering. Um, we just feel a mess. And today God is saying, I've actually created something. I am the person, but I've de designed you in such a way that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and it will actually penetrate to the hardest of hearts. So today have hope because the thing that you're wrestling with, he's got to fix for. You don't have to fix it. He's got to fix for it. So let's look... Um, uh, before we jump into even into these little components, I, I have had the privilege of sitting with people for over 10 years, praying one-on-one -on -one with them um, through just different types of freedom. And the thing that 
when I look at this verse, I get to see this verse, verse 11 and 12, played out over and over in people's life. And a lot of times people are like, well, I just wanna be free. Um, just pray with me so I'll be free. Me praying with you so that you will be free is not the point. Because God is not trying to get you free from something. He's trying to show you to live in freedom for something. There's something completely different with that. And so when we look at this verse through the lens of like, okay, I've got to get free. I've got to fix this so that I can be free from addiction, free from unbelief, free from fear. God is like, no, no, no. Come rest in me habitate in me, let my word do its job so that you can be free for who I've actually called you to be. And so today, as we're going through this, and as maybe you think about something, or as we kind of break this down together and something comes across your mind or a thought or a memory, remember, God can do anything. He is the creator of the universe. He spoke life into existence. And in this scripture, we're gonna see, he has made a way to cut between the hardest of hearts. So do not panic, do not fear, rest in who he is and let him show you and tell you something today, okay? As we jump into this Hebrews verse 12, um, it truly is this foundational piece that I, I like. I am in love with verse 12. Um, I have like all the words written out and highlighted and underlined it. I love it because there's so much meat in this verse. So there's five things that we're gonna talk about. The first one, um, at the very beginning, it says, for the word of God. Okay, we're gonna stop right there. For the word of God. I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this in the past, I have seen that word, W-O-R-D, and I have just stopped there and thought, it's this. It is this, it is this, but it is so much more than this. See, I think as Christians, oftentimes we can diminish the fullness of God to just a single word on the page. But I, today, as we talk about this, I want you to like step back and expand your vision of who God is and let him show you the bigness of him. And so a word, W-O-R-D, is so much more than what we narrow it down to in like the human mind. So in some translations, it says it's the living word, the living word of God. That word, W-O-R-D, is actually the logos Word of God. That's what the, the meaning behind that means. And a logos is a word or group of words that embody an idea, statement, or a divine utterance. This word logos is used over 300 times in the scripture. And um, it is something that I, I like to think of it this way. It encompasses such a, a bigger idea than the... Um, what we have diminished it down to. So whenever we talk about the Logos word, we're talking about the inspired word. We're talking about, um, let's look at John 1.1. 1, 1. Dustin mentioned it today, it was so cool. It says, John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the Logos word, 
And the Word, this Logos Word, was with God, and the Word, the Logos Word, was God. See, in this scripture, for the Word of God is alive and active, it's referring to the same Word that was used at the beginning of time. So see how the difference is. We can look at this and be like, well, the Word of God. Okay, I'm gonna go read more scripture. Not saying reading scripture is bad, it is good, do it, but don't diminish it down to your acts and performance. It says the word of God, the same word that was in Genesis, the same thing that happened when he said, let there be life and stuff formed, that word is living and active. That's the word that's gonna change everything in your life. And so, In verse 14, which uh, we don't have a slide for this, but it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, that logos word, this big concept of who God is actually was put into a person, Jesus. And when Jesus went to the cross and died for us, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, it's that logos word that just translates from the beginning to the end. So this word that's sharper than any double-edged sword, this word that is alive and active is huge. Way bigger than you, way bigger than me, way bigger than my problem. If we could just stop and rest in that alone, that his word, his logos word is, is from the beginning to the end. It's gonna come before me and it's gonna go after me. It's a big concept. And so have you ever thought of, um, okay, so when you're excited about something and you're gonna tell someone about it, you have to formulate words on the inside of you to get it out. So you've got these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions, you're happy, you're sad, and it's processing and then it comes out. That is a picture of a logos word. It's the bigness of who God is coming out in fullness to us around So it's big, it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the language of heaven. Okay, so the second part, sharper than any two-edged sword. This is just like it says it is. It's one sword, two sharp sides. Okay, Um, but the cool thing about this sword is, um, and it kind of compares it to the Word of God, that this particular sword was used, and it says uh, like in battle, it was used to pierce through armor, um, and because it was sharp on two sides. So it was kind of like, I imagine it, one and done. Okay, not like a, but one and done. (laughs) Okay, so when, now that's what you're gonna think in your mind every time. The word of God is live and active, sharper than any church sword. Um, So when this sword was, it says, used to kill the wildest of beasts. If you needed a sword, the double-edged sword was your go-to. And so when it says the, the word of God is alive and active, it's comparing it to this type of sword. And it's saying, actually, in your hardest of hearts, in the messiest of mess, this sword, which is my word, can penetrate anything. I think sometimes we think, well, my stuff is too big. Well, my wound is too strong. Well, you didn't know what I did last night. Well, my trauma is too big. And he says, you know what? My word will penetrate anything. No need to fear. It'll penetrate anything. So 
Let's move on to the next. When, uh, the next group of scripture, when it says it penetrates even, okay, here's three things. It says dividing the soul, the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, which is the body. A lot of times we um, negate the three parts of who we are. And, and oftentimes we, so we've got this spirit, soul, and body, and it's like, what is all of this? And, and, and we look at these different parts of who we are and we say, well, if one part of me is bad or if I feel like one part of me is bad, I'm gonna push it to the side. I'm gonna like reject it. And I'm just gonna live out of these two parts over here because out of shame. But God is saying, no, I've actually made you to be a whole person. So let, let's live out of wholeness of who you actually are. Because when we live in that wholeness, um, we get to actually be who we're designed to be in identity. So the first one is spirit. It says, um, let's see, it penetrates even dividing the spirit. The spirit, everyone is born with a spirit, but when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your spirit man comes alive. I heard it described once as a balloon that deflated the balloon. You got it, but when you blow the breath of life in it, it blows up into something beautiful. So whenever you are uh, before Christ, this is the place that your spirit is a place that holds your intuition, your conscience. Um, But when when the breath of life gets blown into your life because you received Jesus, now you are actually a spirit filled person. And now you've got the spirit of God living in you and now you've got wisdom, and now it's this place of like, well, where'd that come from? Oh, it was the Spirit, man. He's telling you words from the Father. It's a place where he resides. Um, 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, let's see, he, uh, God, anoints us. He sets his seal of ownership on us. He puts his Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. See, our spirit is where we commune with God. Uh, there is a scripture in John that I think it kind of depicts this really well. John 4, 23 and 24 says, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, in spirit, in here, and in truth. I think sometimes we, even in worship, we're like, well, like, let's let someone else do that. And God's like, no, true worship comes from this place where we commune on the inside, and it comes out of the truth of who you are and who I've made you to be in my word. See, Galatians 5.25 says, if the Spirit is the source of life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our life. Your spirit man comes alive at salvation. But the word is saying, let me help you sort some of this out. So the next part after your spirit, or after your spirit, so it was dividing soul and spirit. Let's talk about the soul. The soul, I like to think of it as the earthly embodiment of that supernatural breath. So Every one of us, when we receive Jesus, we get the breath of life in us, and our soul is this place where our mind, our will, our emotions stay. And I think this is the messiest place we find ourselves in. 
It's when our thoughts and our behaviors and our motives get all messed up. And I think today, a lot of us might be in this place where it's like, oh, what I think about is wrong, what I'm desiring is wrong, or I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with anxiety, I can't sort it out. And he's saying, actually, my word, which is the sword of this, it's the sword of the spirit, but it's a double-edged sword, it will actually do the job for you, one and done. So this place that you could be living today this place in your spirit, or I mean, in your soul that's messy, know that there is a fix for you, that you are not a lost cause, that you are not less than, that you do not have to work harder. You know that saying, uh, work smarter, not harder? Okay, let God do his job. Work smarter, not harder. Stop trying to take some of this stuff on yourself and rest in who he is, habitate in who he is, and let's let him do the heavy lifting for us. You are okay. Somebody needs to hear that today. You are okay. You are going to be okay. Because God created you before it was time for you to even be born born and created in your mother's womb. He had a plan for your life. And he's designed you for something. Your internal dialogue does not negate the plan and purposes that he has for you. He's saying today, let me show you and let me tell you that actually who I've created you to be is bigger than the internal dialogue. And with his word, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. One and done can fix something that you've been struggling with all of your life. The third part, or no, I don't know, one, two, three, fourth maybe, uh, is our body. It's our physical being. It says it will cut between our joints and our marrow. Um, This is like the container that houses our soul and our spirit. It's the container that we get to demonstrate to others who Jesus is. Your body matters. Who you are in your body matters. Your health matters. It's the out, you get to outwardly demonstrate everything that's going on on the inside in your body, with your body. Your body testifies of that experience. This body right here is actually our show and tell. It's our show and tell. We get to demonstrate to others who he actually is. Whenever we think about that logos word, when in the beginning of this scripture, when it says, for the word of God is alive and active, the logos word of God, um, I I think of it this way. I, I heard this described as a well. We know in scripture it talks about he's the wellspring of life, but the logos word is a well. And I don't know like old well, not the new wells that we have now where you like turn on your faucet, the old wells where you had to like do the water, that thing. Um, so it's a well and in it is logos. It is everything that you need. It is the essence of who God is. It's the beginning to the end. It's his inspired word. It's the things that he has spoken things into existence. It's the wellspring of life. In that well, the Logos word of God is the place 
that your heavenly Father dips into the well and gives a word just to you. See, in that well, oftentimes we are striving for the this, but we've never actually cultivated this. All we want is one more prophetic word. All I need is one rhema word from God. All I need is, all I need is, and he's saying, well, come to the well. Because the well has everything that you need. And so as he is saying, I wanna show you, I wanna tell you something, he's saying, come back to the well and get a drink of my living water. Come back. Come back and habitate with me. Come back and reside with me because I am rest. I am rest. You don't need to sleep an extra hour. Although sometimes that's nice. You need the rest, the person of God in your life. And out of that rest, the wellspring of life comes physical rest. He can supernaturally do something for you that you can try to do for years. In one scoop. Let me give you some, let me give you something. Let me tell you something. Come here, I wanna show you something. I want you to look at this well, this well of water. I want you to look at the logos of who I am. I want you to look at the beginning to the end. See, the scripture says in John 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know heaven's realities and heaven's realities is what will set you free. It is not one more book that I read, although God can use those things. It's not just one more prayer that I have to pray. It's like, no, 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 no. I wanna show you something. I wanna show and tell you something. Come back to me, come back to me. Listen, my word, my word, the logos of who I am, where the rhema comes from, where the word just for you comes from, it's big enough. My word that's sharper than any two-edged sword that can be a one and done in your life is big enough. Come back because when you see that well, the wellspring of life, that is where you're gonna see heaven's realities. Because as logos is this language of heaven, come get close to the well. Come dive into the well. Get in the well. I don't need a word, I'll just jump straight in. I won't wait around, I'll jump straight in. As we strive in our own strength to become free, God is saying today, I've actually already paid the price for it. I've already uh, set it into motion. It's available for you. The things that you're wrestling with internally I can handle that. See, the word of God, the double-edged sword of the Spirit, it wants to sort and divide your entangled soul and your body. Sometimes we allow our soul to take the lead. Sometimes we say, Spirit, you know that song, um, Jesus Take the Wheel? We're like, We're like, Jesus, out, scoot, scoot. My soul's gonna take over today. 
My mind, will, and emotions, they're gonna be in the driver's seat today. I've got a lot of stuff going on, okay? I'm busy. So um, I'm trying to like maintain my stress here. So I'm gonna need you to scoot over so my soul can drive. And he's like, oh, I've put the spirit of God inside of you. I have made, I've made your spirit man come alive. And, and his word says to let the spirit lead. Let him lead. Put your soul in the passenger seat. Actually put it in a U-Haul in the back sometimes. Like hook it up, be like, you're in the back. Um, we gotta sort some things out. Sometimes our body leads. Sometimes we don't feel well. Sometimes my physical container, this thing that I'm living in does not cooperate the way I want it to cooperate. And God is saying, even in those times, son and daughter, keep my spirit first, keep me first. Let your spirit man be in sync with mine and let me lead you. Come back to the wellspring of water. Don't let your inabilities sit in the driver's seat because it's actually your abilities in Christ that will dictate everything underneath that. Your abilities in Christ, regardless if your body is cooperating or not, can still accomplish what he's called you to do because our God's bigger. He's bigger. He can sort things out. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. Depression and anxiety, if you're wrestling with that, he can heal you. See, in, in, in verse 10, Hebrews 4, verse 10, where it says, there is a place of habitation. Um, I think uh, in the, it says, everyone who enters God's rest, but it's this habitation. There's a place of habitation waiting for you in Christ. And the unbelief that has maybe been keeping you from experiencing that, he'll fix that too. You don't have to wait until you get, a, get to a place of believing for him to come in and save your day. He loves you even though. I wanna read you one last verse that I feel like kind of puts everything together. It's Psalm 16. And as I read this, and you can read the words on the screen as well, but I really kind of want you to let it soak in. So you can close your eyes if you need to or whatever, or just listen. But it says, the way that you counsel me and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wrap around presence every moment. My heart explodes, my heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. For you will not abandon me. He will not abandon you nor to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation 
of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. He will not abandon you. If you have come in here today feeling like, I'm done. I cannot sort this thing out anymore. He says, good, let me. Let me show you how big I am. Come to that wellspring of water. Let me dip something out of that, a rhema word just for you. Come to me. My word, the fullness of who I am is sharper than any double-edged sword. It will penetrate the hardest of hearts. I feel like someone here today is saying, my heart's too hard. I'm big enough for that. I will penetrate the hardest of hearts. The double-edged sword is meant to kill the wildest of beasts. There is no sin too big. There is no heart too hard. There is no mental illness too over, overcoming. There is no health that is too far gone. He says, I can heal you. The Word, come to the life, come to the wellspring. It's who I am. It's the breath of God that will change everything. He has not abandoned you. He is showing us that in Him is rest. He is telling us that His words that sort our fear and anger, our addiction, that the Holy Spirit is actually, His breath is living inside of us and it's powerful enough to cut between any mixed up thoughts, beliefs, or strongholds. We don't have to strive for rest because He is rest. We don't have to strive for freedom because He is freedom. So today, I want you to have hope that your God, the creator of the universe says, my word is big enough for you. And so I want everyone to stand today. I wanna pray for you guys. I think we all have an area in our life that we say, God, would you come in with that word that's sharper than any double-edged sword and sort things out for me? I've struggled this week. I've been struggling for six months. I've been struggling for a year. I've been struggling all my life. Will you sort me out? Will you penetrate the hardest part of me? Will you set that part free back in who you are? So if that's you, if something you, that I've said you've just been thinking about, I just want you to put your hands out, up, around, I don't know, something. Move your, move your arms around. Because God is saying, I'm actually, my heart is to show you and tell you how good I am and how good you are. And in a moment, I'm gonna sort something out for you. And your job is simply to rest in me. 
So right now, Father, I thank You that we just, first of all, take the step into rest, into You. We say, Jesus, You've paid the price for me. You've actually, He's initiated this thing and He's put the logos to life and and He is the person and He carries it around and He went to the cross and He said, I'm gonna die for your sins. I'm gonna die for this mixed up feeling that you've got on the inside. And so today, right now, before we pray, I want you internally to say, I step into all that you've paid for. I step into rest. I am diligently, actively pursuing rest. I'm stepping into habitation with you. So Father, right now, Your Word says that You discern our thoughts You discern the attitudes of our heart. You discern the spirit, the soul, and the body. And so God, right now, I thank You that in this room, if you're watching online, His Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. One and done. God, I speak healing to everyone that is watching online and that is in this room. I speak healing over your body, your physical container. What is not right, I speak healing over that and I say, line up in the name of Jesus. Come under, dive into the well of the Logos Word of God, the essence of who He is. Body, jump into that. In that place is healing. I speak over every thought, every emotion, every feeling. that thing that you just can't quite shake and you can't figure out why you can't shake it. That thing, God's Word is big enough. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, with Your Word that is sharper than any double-edged sword, God, penetrate that, a one and done. Set right what has been wrong for some of you all of your life. He is big enough for that. Your job is to simply receive the fullness of who He is. So do not in this moment try to do anything else other than say, here I am, here I am. You can do with me whatever you want. Do not try to think this through. Do not try to maneuver this, just receive His rest, step into habitation. That's all He's asking of you today. For some of you, you have, might have been sitting here today and when I said, when you receive Jesus, His Spirit comes in and makes you alive and 
you might be thinking or saying, I've never done that. I think this spirit thing you're talking about isn't alive in me. God is saying, welcome son and daughter, I love you. Step into my well, got a life ready for you. Fullness, fullness. I wanna invite our prayer team down today. And if that is you, and if you say, you know what, I need to receive Jesus. I want you to come forward and, and let our prayer team pray with you and make that step to say, I'm ready to jump all in with Him. I'm ready to like a activate this thing that He's actually given me and I haven't, been, I haven't been using it. It's like a buffet out there and I haven't been eating from it. If that's you or if you're watching online, let us know. We wanna pray with you. Today, if, you, if, some, if something is stirring on the inside of you and your heart's pounding, I invite you to come down and ask our prayer team to pray with you. I'm confident that God can change things in a moment. And as you leave today, as you go about your week, as you go back into family or real life, I want you to remember that His invitation to you is to come, come rest in me. In me, the person, me. Out of that, I'm gonna actually give you physical rest. And out of that and in that well, I'm actually gonna sort things out in your life. So this week, no striving for you. Simply rest in Him, enjoy Him. So as they finish this song, I just invite you down to pray if you need prayer and continue to receive and let God sort things out in you.